This program is sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ. There's a message true and glad for the sinful and the sad. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. It will give them courage new. It will help them to be true. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring out. Good afternoon, folks, and welcome back to another episode of Redeeming the Time. I'm your host, Chris Macy. And I am the minister here with the North Valley Church of Christ. I'm so glad that you can join us here. I hope everything's going well. I want to encourage you to go to our website, www.nvcoc.net, and you can scroll down, click on that radio mic. Not only will you find this episode, but all our previous episode, uh, episodes as well. And, and we're we're doing a series. I, I'm doing this series also on Sunday morning here at the North Valley Church of Christ. And I, I really like it. Um, the series, I'm, I'm calling it, you know, Speaking Words That Heal and Not Hurt. Um, last week we looked at the fact that words have power, right? Power of life, power of death. Our words can, can hurt people. Uh, you, we talked about that saying, um, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Well, we know that's not true. Especially coming from someone we know or someone we love, words hurt, right? They have power for much good or much evil. And God's desire is for all of us to learn how to control our tongues so that our words bring life. So today, I want us to focus on one aspect of our speech, speaking the truth. So we're going to look at, you know, we're going to explore the truth about lying. And we all know the story of Pinocchio, right? At least I hope we do. <clears throat> what happened to his nose whenever he lied? It grew, right? Got longer. <laughs> Thankfully, our noses don't grow when we fail to tell the truth. Or we would, every one of us would have long noses, and then we'd have a hard time <clears throat> wearing those masks, right? That'd be difficult. And I want to start with this story. We're gonna. Our series is gonna be based on Col- or this today's lesson will be based on Colossians three nine to ten. But let, let, let's start with this story first. It's about a minister. He was walking down the street and he comes across this group of about a, a dozen kids, boys, all of them about twelve years of age, and they had surrounded this dog. Uh, he he was concerned that the boys were maybe hurting the dog, and he went over and asked, you know, what are you boys doing with this dog? One of the boys replied. Well, this dog is just an old neighborhood stray, sir. We all want uh, want him, but only one of us can take him home. So we decided that whichever one of us can tell the biggest lie will get to keep the dog. Now, of course, the minister was shocked by their little game. And he said, oh, you boys shouldn't be having a contest of telling lies. And so he launched into this 10-minute sermon against lying. He started with, don't you boys know that it's a sin to lie? And he ended with, why, when I was your age, I never ever told a lie. There was dead silence for about a minute. And just as the minister was beginning to think, he got through to them. One of the boys gave a deep sigh and said, all right, the minister wins. Give him the dog. The sad truth about lying is that all of us have lied in some way at some point in our lives. There are many ways 
that the distortion of truth takes place. But when it does, damage is always the result. We all know Abraham Lincoln, a great president, but when he was 24 years old, he served as postmaster of New Salem, Illinois. Uh, he was paid an annual salary of about $55.70. That's not much, is it? Good thing we get more than that nowadays. But that was it was not much even back then. Of course, the, the post office was in char, uh, that he was in charge of, it did close. If you know anything about Abraham Lincoln's life, he was just one struggle after another. And so this, he lost that job. It was closed. And several years later, an agent arrived from Washington, D.C., he wanted to settle accounts with the ex-postmaster, Lincoln. He was now a struggling lawyer, not doing very well. The agent informed Lincoln that there was $17 due the government. So Lincoln opened up this old trunk, took out a yellowed cotton rag bound with string. He untied it, spread out the cloth, and there was $17. He had been holding it. For all those years, despite the fact that he was not doing well financially. And Lincoln said, I never use any man's money but my own. Lincoln could have lied in about uh, this to the agent and the money. Maybe he would have gotten away with it. But even 24 years before he entered the White House as president, Lincoln was showing the kind of character that earned him that title of Honest Abe right? <laughs> Don't you wish our government officials and American citizens, all of us, media light, uh, and whatnot, were all as trust, truthful as Honest Abe? Are you and I, are we as truthful as Honest Abe? Well, the sad truth is telling the truth has fallen on hard times. Our culture has shifted to the ethics of expediency and self-advancement. Falsehood is commonly seen as a virtue. It really is. Transforming lying from vice to virtue is representative of the great culture shift in our thinking. To the modern American, wrong is not always wrong, and right is not always right. So lying is not always wrong, and telling the truth is not always right, right? And unfortunately, this undermining of the absolute value of truth has got some devastating consequences. It, not, not just on truth, but what are some of the valuable allies of truth? Trust, uh, integrity, security, stability. Those things suffer because there's so little truth. And conversely, falsehood is allied with suspicion, doubt, insecurity, resentment, and anger. Look out into the world, right? What's going on in our nation? Not looking good because we are embracing falsehoods over truth. Augustine once said, when regard for truth has been broken down or even slightly weakened, all things will remain in doubt. Huh. This erosion of trust and confidence touches every relationship into which non-truth is injected. When lies permeate our homes and marriages, there is instability and destruction. When lies permeate our culture, then governments become suspect. Media information is viewed with skepticism, and business relationships become untrustworthy. What well, sounds like just just like today, doesn't it? It does. No relationship, none, 
can succeed, let alone survive, if it's based on that which is false. And that is why God makes it so very clear in the Bible that telling the truth is so important. Well, what, what, what does the Bible say about lying? Well, you know, before we get into that, I want to give a little excursus here. I, I've done a lesson, I did it on the radio here before as well, talking about lying. And uh, there are times in the Bible where people lie, and I think it was the right thing to do. Rahab, remember Rahab the harlot? Didn't she lie to the government officials of Jericho about the two spies being in her house? She did. You know, David, in a way, lied when he acted like he was a crazy man so he wouldn't be killed by his enemies as he was trying to stay away from Saul. And this is not, Jesus wasn't telling us to lie, but he he did say, talking about the Sabbath, there are times when you break the Sabbath to save a donkey uh, that's in a hole. How much more, you know, to do a work like to restore man's arm, to do good. I think sometimes, like, you know, if somebody came into my office here and put a gun to my head and said, where's your children? And I know good and well that they're just across the way in the house. I'm not going to tell that guy. I'm going to lie. <laughs> they're at the, the store, the grocery store with their mother, you know, something like that. I'm not going to tell them where they're at. But that's a whole nother topic. And uh, But today we're going to talk about just lying in the evil, the sin of it. So if you want to know more about the, the other part, you'll have to go find that. Maybe I should post it on here. I don't know. But anyway, what does the Bible say about lying? Well, it makes it very clear that God hates lying. It does. And he expects us to be truthful people. One of the original Ten Commandments of the Old Testament law is devoted to truth-telling. Exodus 20, verse 16, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. And two forms of lying are included in the, uh, the Proverb uh, 6 passage, verses 16 and 19, where it says, there are six things which the Lord hates, yes, seven, which are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devise wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. When describing those who will be judged in the lake of fire, God includes liars. Remember that from Revelation 21.8? And notice the other groups that are uh, lumped in with him. He says there in Revelation, but for the cowardly and unbelieving and abominable and murderers and immoral persons and sorcerers and idolaters, and all liars, their part will be in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. <clears throat> and then Psalm 51, 6. Behold, you, God, desire truth in the innermost being, and in the hidden part you will make me know wisdom. Why is truth so important to God? Well, we know. But for starters, God's intense concern for truthfulness centers in on his own nature. The Bible tells us in Psalm 31.5 that he is a God of truth. Paul says in Titus 1.2 that God cannot lie. Jesus is, called, is said to be full of grace and truth in John 1.14. The psalmist says in 33.4, For the word of the Lord is upright, and all his work is done in faithfulness. And our worship to God. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. 
<clears throat> Therefore, our commitment to truth aligns us with God, both in his nature and uh, his mode of operating. And since our very purpose in existing as God's children is to be conformed to the image of God's Son, guess what? Then we must not participate in falsehood. That would tarnish the reflection of God's glory in us. In other words, if God is truth, then we need to portray truth to accurately reflect his image in our lives. I like this. Somebody observed this, that truth lies in our character. Jesus did not simply speak the truth. He was truth through and through. For truth is a thing not of words, but a life and being. How true, right? And so as children of God, we must not only speak the truth in words, but we must be truth through and through. We must walk that truth in our lives. It must permeate every, our every part and being. And another important reason why we should be people who speak the truth is a matter of submission and obedience to God. God's word commands us to speak the truth. Proverbs 13.5, the righteous hate what is false. Paul said in Colossians 3.9, do not lie to one another. Ephesians 4.25, therefore each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor. Nowhere in scripture does God grant exemption from these commands. Our conscience cannot be clear before God, and our joy cannot be full if we get involved in that in practicing that which is false. Telling the truth is a matter of submission to God's will and obedience. I want to add another reason why we should be people who speak the truth. Lying should be a thing of the path. Our passage, Colossians 3, verses 9 and 10. Paul writes this, Do not lie to one another. Since, because you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. Our new life aligns us with Christ and with his truth. We used to be under Satan's power, right? And we used to follow his ways. Why? Well, he's a liar from the beginning. He is the father of lies. But now, now, we should be operating under God's power. And we should be following his way. Although lying was likely part of our past, it must not be part of our present nor part of our future. But what does it mean to lie? And what does it mean to tell the truth? I want to spend a few moments exploring the ways we might be tempted to lie and distort the truth. Before we discuss you know, outright lying, you know, the bold-faced lies, let, let, let's look at some of the more subtle forms of deceit lying that, that's out there. You know, there's, there's ways to be involved in falsehood without telling those bold-faced lies. Uh, we can lie about others through insinuation. Uh, insinuation is a kind of no-risk lie. All we have to do is wonder aloud 
about someone else. And the seed is planted. We might say, I wonder why so-and-so is so popular, or how so-and-so got that promotion, you know, things like that, and then the damage is done. You know, insinuation is one of Satan's favorite tools. So you may be thinking right now, Chris, that's not a big, people do that all the time, that's not a big deal. You remember what Satan did with Eve? Remember what he said? Did God really say? You remember that? What was he doing? Insinuating. Did he really say it? I think God was lying to you. That's the, that's the, the seed he was trying to plant without saying it. And then he even did it to God. Does Job fear God for nothing? <laughs> really? Yeah, that's what he did. And we do that too. Beguilement. You know that word? Beguilement. That's an old word. We, we don't use that much anymore, if at all. But it means to influence by trickery or flattery. And to deceive by guile or charm. In reality, flattery is not encouragement. They're different. Kind of like a, I, I like to joke with my babysitter. I'll come up to her and I'll say, oh, you look so wonderful today. You are like my favorite person. You know, I'll tell her her name, favorite one of your whole family. Are you busy Tuesday night? And they know I'm just joking and kidding around, but that's flattery. It's not encouragement. It is saying something to soften someone up so that you can get something from them in return. That's beguilement. Proverbs 29.5 says, A man who flatters his neighbor is spreading a net for his steps. What do you mean net? He wants to trap him into something. Another way we sometimes lie to others is by remaining silent. Whether you know it is allow- allowing false reports to go unchecked or by keeping... Uh, uh, from someone a truth that they need to hear or that they deserve to know. So we say silent. That's not good. That's a lie. It is also amazing how facts can be arranged to manipulate. It is possible to tell the truth in a manner that people are deceived. I like this story. Excuse me, my throat. Uh, A woman one day she invited some friends to this you know, real nice, elegant party, and she wanted to serve some mushrooms uh, to her guests. But you know, she was a little un- uncertain about you know if the mushrooms were so good, so so she served some to her dog to see if the dog got sick. The dog ate the mushrooms, didn't seem to have any complications, so she served them to the party guests. During the party, a maid hurried up there into the hostess and said, "The dog." is dead. Oh, the hostess rushed her guests to the hospital so that everyone could be treated. She was worried for them. And after everyone left, the maid said to the butler, that car sure did mess up that dog. Well, that would have been some useful information, right? The maid had not told a lie, but she wasn't exactly truthful either, was she? She had been deceptive. There have been times when I here I left the office here, going to an appointment later than I should have, but I also ran into a traffic problem on the way. I then used the traffic delay as the reason I was late, which was partially true. But the real truth included the fact that I would have been late even without the traffic delay. 
So both beguilement and deceit, tamper with, twist, and distort the truth. We need not to be that way. We need to be people who reflect the image of God. Lying, on the other hand, that is the direct communication of non-truth. And don't we live in a time when bold-faced lies are told to us on a regular basis by public figures? It's like the prevailing principle. That's if you continue to tell the lie, then maybe people will believe you. It makes me think of the Iron Curtain. Remember that in Russia, the Iron Curtain? Nothing. What they meant there, information couldn't get in, information couldn't get out. The people who lived in Russia were just living a terrible life. It was, they didn't have much. But they believed they were the most blessed people on, in the world. They thought they had it the best. And they were wrong. Not even, not even close. But that's what they thought. That's what they were told. Do you remember Lance Armstrong, how long he lied about using performing-enhancing drugs, PEDs? Man, I was all for that guy. I backed him when he was being accused. He was a straight-up guy. In almost 20 years, he denied using those things and attempted to destroy the reputation and the lives of those who accused him. But finally, 2013... Calling himself deeply flawed, he said he used an array of PEDs to win seven Tour de France titles. He said that his apology is, quote, too late. It's too late for probably most people, and that's my fault. This was one big lie that I repeated a lot of times, end quote. Man, not good. Of course, we could go on and on about how many others were caught in bold-faced lies. But I'm not going to bore you with that. Why do we do it? Why do we lie? Why do we lie? Well, lying is quick. It's a quick and easy way to gain advantage. To protect ourselves. To promote ourselves or our personal interests. Sometimes we lie to get people's attention. Or to promote ourselves in people's eyes. Sometimes we lie to get rich or to get elected. Sometimes we lie to protect our reputations and to escape punishment. Most lies are dedicated servants of self. Sometimes we lie to try to hurt or destroy others and to ultimately get our way or accomplish our goals. You remember the wicked queen Jezebel? They, uh, her and uh, Ahab, uh, yeah, uh, Ahab. They wanted that uh, uh, that vineyard that Naboth had. Uh, Ahab couldn't get Ahab to sell it. So Jezebel in First Kings twenty one, she found two worthless men to lie about Naboth, so she could get Naboth's vineyard for her husband, King Ahab. What a worthless, worthless woman. You remember. Uh, the same thing happened to Jesus. The high priest, they, uh, they couldn't find any good reasons to have him killed, so they brought in false witnesses in Matthew 26, 60-61, to testify against Jesus, to bring about his condemnation. Whether they gain a, a vineyard or to crucify one who threatens your position, 
Bearing false witness is a serious offense before God. This kind of sin against others strikes injury, often irreparable, to innocent people, their reputations, and their families. And that's why God says in Proverbs 19.5, A false witness will not go unpunished, and he who tells lies will not escape. I like what Mark Twain once said. When in doubt, tell the truth. It will confound your enemies and astound your friends. Folks, truth will always triumph in the end. People of character know the importance of not only telling the truth, but living it. The truth always comes out in the end. Those who live by it are blessed. Those who are exposed by it are destroyed. And so I want to challenge us to speak the truth and to live the truth. I want to challenge us to put off falsehood and to live and speak with honesty and integrity. As we do so, we will be speaking life and not death. And we will be speaking words that heal and not hurt. As Paul said in Colossians 3, Do not lie to one another. Since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices and have put on the new self who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. When we live the truth and speak the truth, we are more and more like our God. Speak the truth, folks. Well, thank you again for being here. I hope you have a blessed day. <clears throat> I continue to pray for not only you and, and uh, your own, my own family, but all of Arizona, our country, and our world that will get through this pandemic, that our government officials and our media will tell us the truth. I do not think they're being honest, to be so you know. That's my personal opinion. But if you want folks to tell the truth, it needs to start with you. Be a person of integrity. Thank you. And God bless. Sitting up to sweep away till she'll dawn the better day. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. Till the sinful world be one for Jehovah's mighty son. Ring it out. Ring it out. Ring it out. This program was sponsored by North Valley Church of Christ.